Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Data for Goalposts. In this series of pods, we are previewing each Premier League club before the close of the transfer window. We'll be analysing summer transfer business, style of play, club finances and what success looks like come May. My name is Sam Hancock and I'm joined by Scott Shelley Walker. Evening everyone. Alain Bukashev. Hello. And Monty Dariani. Salutation. Today, our attention is on Manchester United. When we talk about post-COVID Manchester United, we talk about uh, Solskjaer's tactic predominantly. He was the man who changed United's tactic formation and therefore their results. The Red Devils jumped from the fifth to the third position in the COVID season and finished second in the last season. And there are all the signs of them competing for the Premier League title this year. Let's talk a little bit about the key player, which is Bruno Fernandes. He is a key in Solskjaer's tactics. And he is the first player um, in many uh, indications, like passes into the box. He is the first in the team. And FTP, he is the first. Chances created, big chances created, expected assists, assists. And he is the second in goal scored. So definitely. He is an engine of this team, and it's due to the freedom he's got playing in the number 10 position and free roaming into positions of other three attacking players. And so what we can grasp from United's tactics is that this constant rotation of the attacking four and rotation of two supporting midfielders make United's actions pretty unpredictable. They've been really, really nice additions to this red machine. In, uh, in the faces of Jaden Sancho, Rafael Moran, and Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> so Sancho and Moran, let's just talk about them first. They're excellent additions to already strong team. If you look at tactics, they just perfectly suit the tactics. Uh, Sancho, he's going to compete with Greenwood on the right wing and um, probably with Rashford and now with Ronaldo. And uh, if I'm talking about Waran, he probably is going to create a really nice duo with Maguire. And he'll definitely be competing with Lindelof for the central um, defender and defender position. And if both of them, Sancho and Waran, showed at least 50% of what they showed in Dortmund and Madrid accordingly, they should get a sweet spot in United's lineup. And we can see that the tactics that Solskjaer is playing is just going to be improved. Um, let's say Sancho, we all know, just really crazily uh, intensive right winger who can just create moments uh, after moments. I know that it might be harder to demonstrate that in the Premier League uh, compared to the Bundesliga, which we actually saw that. Sancho is struggling a bit in the first games, but he went through the youth academies in England. He really knows how it's playing. Just give him a bit of time, and he'll be able to convert that with the chances, with the creation of many chances. And if we're talking about Rafael Varane, he is just perfect for United. He can definitely bring more um, defensive structure. He is a smart player who knows how to take the positions, he knows how to play amongst the champions, and he also has a really nice long passing ability. 
which might be a crucial element in destroying high-pressing teams and help Quick, Rashford, Martial, Sancho, and Ronaldo score goals after swift, swift uh, counterattacks. In terms of long strategy, I also think that, of course, not Cristiano Ronaldo, because he's going to be in United for a couple of three seasons, but he can give that medium popularity, and it's just a beautiful story of him returning back to Old Trafford after all of those years abroad in Madrid and Turin, after all of those many followers. And just a really quick interesting fact is that after his departure from Juventus, there was a million of followers <laughs> that left Juventus FC Instagram page and probably moved to the Manchester United one. Do you actually think him coming to United is a good strategy for United? I think it's a good medium strategy. So he's going to create a good press. There's going to be more contracts. It's just better in terms of image. I'm not talking about the play. Play, is, it, he's not going to help Manchester United with their own play. Only maybe set pieces and counterattacks. Yeah, but he's also, we need to consider his negative effects that he demonstrated already, unfortunately, in Portugal and Juventus. He's taking the role of the leader on the field. He's taking all the balls. When other players are playing with Ronaldo, they tend to give pass to, to him so that he'll, he'll you know, solve that for them. But Ronaldo cannot demonstrate the same highest level of efficiency as he had before. Yes, Scott? Um, where do you think bringing back Ronaldo leaves that some of the other players in the in the Man United team? Because I've seen that they're already t- telling James that he can maybe go to Leeds. He, he started the the most recent game, I think, and now it already looks like his you know there's spaces under under threat. So where do you think it leaves players like Rashford, Greenwood, and Sancho that that maybe might share that same space as Ronaldo? Yeah, really good question. That might be a negative effect because uh, we just saw that Greenwood was an excellent in, in the first games for MU and would be a pity to have him go or have him on the bench. And But that's inevitable that Ronaldo is going to take his his place, his space, and that would be... Um, yeah, that would be an exchange of Rashford's and Greenwood's and, Probably Martial's time. Yeah, Monty? Apart from the whole emotional, romantic angle that you've been talking about, Alan, I'm really confused as to why he was signed. In terms of, um, if you look at how he's evolved as a player, in terms of how he played at Juventus last year, he played predominantly with um, another striker. Um, and in terms of how he uh, enjoyed his best football towards his latter years in Madrid, he played with Benzema, right? So if you are to take that as a blueprint, who does United play him with in terms of that static or not as mobile enabling forward? Is it both Cavani and Ronaldo starting at the same time? Um, if that's the case, then where does Sancho play? Does Sancho play as a third person of the right? If that's the case, then... Do you just have like a gaping hole on the left or do you have like Rashford playing on the left? And if that's the case, then do you, can you realistically field Cavani, Ronaldo, Sancho and Rashford in the same team? 
and then have Bruno Fernandes. That is, that's just <laughs> yeah, fantasy and, and, football. That's just and not Pogba, normal. right? And like, even even the other day, Pogba is already trying to. They, they might have to play him deep because they've got so many. In in terms of the 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 four two three one, they've already got so many players that can play the three and the one. That Pogba is actually now playing sometimes alongside. I think it was Fred. So now that's a guarantee because now they're going to probably put Ronaldo on one of the like more in on one of the wings. Maybe still play Greenwood, and then that that pushes Pogba straight into that what, some kind of pivot defensive position, which is just yeah, which is just crazy to me. It just it, it, there's a lot of big names to fit in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monty, and 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 big egos, right? Like like it's. Yeah, it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is not a master tactician. He's an all right manager, right? He he he's fine. He's a perfectly serviceable PL manager. He is not a Klopp or a a Pep or a Tuchel. I I just don't like most of United's attacking play is we have better players than the other team. So our talent advantage will work things out. And that's all well and good. They will win a lot of games this year, this season, because of that talent advantage and likely finish comfortably in the top four. But what's the point of getting this 37-year-old player with a checkered sort of personal history to your club where it's not an area of need. Um, right back and midfield are probably areas of need that can be perfectly addressed by the money you're investing in him and his wages um, that will significantly move the dial more in terms of you being able to compete at the top of the table than adding another big attacking piece, I think. I don't think you're giving Oli enough credit. Uh, he's come off the back of a very good season. The was it 20, 22 matches unbeaten away from home now? 28. Which is 28. Wow. That's, yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a completely like, that's a new Premier League record, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like he must be doing something right. And I know, I know a lot of those um, games, they came from behind to, to win or, or, or get results, but he must be, he must be doing something right in order to, to, to keep that run going. I, I, I so, think Monty's Monty's point stands. I think it's. I don't think Ollie's doing a bad job. I don't think he's doing no, a great job. I think, it, exactly. I think it does come down to talent on the pitch. If you sometimes, if you do put enough talent on the pitch and the system is just fine, you you will win more games. And, and that last season, and it, you know, last season was weird. I think finishing second, considering how hot and cold Liverpool and Chelsea were and 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 whatnot, is is maybe a bit a bit flattering to them. I'd like to see them do that in a. In a season, I'd like to see them do that this season when hopefully those teams are back to back to kind of the what what you expect. So I, I think I think he just has to be okay. And if you put enough players on the pitch and play a solid formation, they will grind out a couple of decent results. Stepping away from the top line results and unbeaten streaks or whatever, uh, just to enumerate things, right? Stat, Statsbomb have. Um, the XG difference per game um, of United being 0.33 um, last season. If you compare that to City's absolutely amazing 1.12 and Liverpool and Chelsea being 0.76 and 0.7 each, they were by underlying metrics in, in terms of XG difference per game and 
the the difference in goals wins you games or draws you games right um they were the fourth best side and this is my thing with united it's not that Solskjaer is a bad manager it's exactly the same thing as uh, my team Chelsea having Lampard as a manager Lampard's a fine manager and your talent advantage to most teams um, in the world will make you win a lot of games but it's not gonna get you unless you're tremendously lucky it's not gonna get you the the, the, the advantage over master tacticians like Pep because their squads also have a talent advantage. So you're not going to overcome that unless likes of Liverpool have significant injury crises like like they did last year. So I don't I I don't see um I don't see what their plan is in that regard because if you're United um, you can really afford any great tactician or any great manager in the world. You don't have to stick with Solskjaer. And I guess somewhat buoyed by some of that stuff like the unbeaten streak, they gave him a massive contract extension. And now he has like a five-year deal. Again, what was the hurry with that? Who the hell is knocking on their door to get Solskjaer? Do you really see Bayern Munich going for him or Juventus going for him? I don't. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Like in terms of the big six at table last season, they finished fifth out of sixth, even Arsenal finishing above them. So I can see what you mean there. Um, they did. They do seem to drop a lot of points against the mid-table teams. If they, you, you got Southamptons like they did like last weekend and uh, a few few others, but they're tremendously they lucky to win against Wolves. Like the yeah. XG difference was. 2.6 for Wolves or 2.4 and um, uh, 0.8 for United. For United. And I watched that game thinking that everyone in the world knows that Adama Traore can can really dribble and progress the ball. And his he had no plan for him. This is what I mean. Like every time I watch United, I don't know what the plan is. I don't get the tactics. And I also understand your points, Pat, but I think that sometimes you don't need to have a really bright coach to win some some really important games and i don't think that zidane being a tactical genius in particular but he's just having he had really really good team and there are examples of just really good teams and good uh set of stars manchester united can be one of those teams yeah monty i actually disagree i think zidane's a genius manager i think zidane's up there um in terms of if you watch his teams and patterns of play and it's clear that he is um, at least very, very good, not just decent, right? So um, Pep's the best problem solver in football. Klopp's up there as both a tactician and a motivator. And I think Tuchel's showing that he's pretty good as well. Apart from them, Conte is absolutely amazing. And Alan, you would have seen what he created in Inter in terms of a winning machine. He's done that several times in his career now. I think, I think even if Solskjaer was... Not decent, Sam. He was good. I, I, I question if good is enough. Um, if your rivals not not just have good squads um, equal to yourselves, but also have the likes of Pep and Klopp as managers, I think that's where you know it, it becomes a point of difference. Like, I, if I if I were United, I would hire Conte right now, because then you have good squad and a genius manager who can compete with those guys because ultimately United is still the most followed club in the whole world 
still have the most commercial revenues in the whole world. And ideally, their their sort of purpose should be winning in football terms, not in the share market. Yeah. yeah I think United are in a bit of a nostalgia trap at the moment. I think they've got ex-players as managers. They've got ex-players coming back beyond their peak and things like that. I think they're, they're trying to relive something that they had back then and they think those players can bring it back rather than just looking to the future and, and being a bit more business minded about it like n- not not just reverting to just because they have history with those players they're, they're somehow going to be that that's somehow going to bring them success if they were completely ruthless yes they would hire Conte and they would never bring back Ronaldo and they would go out and use that money on someone a lot young you know similar to Sancho a lot younger and a lot more more hungry but they're just they're just in this in this phase where they're they're trying to get the old the old band back together and it's just that's not what a a business driven slightly more ruthless club would do so I guess we can agree it's not Ollie's fault that he's the manager and being put in this situation it's more the management and Clive Woodward the the big the big boys at the top is it the Glazers still the Glazers yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, I, I totally I, I agree with you on that, Sam. Like, Oli's only doing the best that he can do, and I think he gets if he wasn't an ex like ex player, if he was his age and maybe had had cut like if it was like maybe not come from the same club. I think it you know that they wouldn't like like Vieira at Crystal Palace. He's not going to get the same kind of headroom to 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 you know to to maybe get away with some of the things Oli gets away with. So. I think he's only doing what he can do and and he you know he's he just kind of riding on his character so that's not his fault so i think yeah united maybe needs to look at like monty said is that then long term is that going to win you a title especially with his record against the top six is is that good enough to because that's what they're going to expect now spending all that money you have to be challenging for titles fight like finally after all this time away from ferguson that that's what they're going to expect and i still don't think ollie can get them there if if I were a United fan, the thing I'd be looking out for is how does he organize attack? Um, we, we've, we've talked about the concept of automatisms um, or con- con- concept of styles of play or, or usual plays in NFL terms that uh, top managers have. So with, with Pep Guardiola, it's the pass between the fullback and the central defensive midfield and the cutback. To, to try and score with Liverpool, it's a, it's diagonal long passes to um, high high end um, wingers on the touchline or fullbacks uh, switching between plays, etc. So we, we we get the concept. Um, I never see any sort of uh, pattern of play that's repeated and well worked in terms of United, or I seldom do. Now that he has all these attacking pieces, including an absolutely great one in Sancho. Um, and Bruno is Bruno. He's almost inevitable to create an amazing chance or try and score one himself. Um, I'll be interested to see if that talent advantage is sort of um, strategically aligned into the the best sum of their parts, or is it still just you know organized defense and the talented attackers will sort of feel their way through a game and work things out. And just to draw a line over the managerial position, it's not really a fair play, Monty. Not a fair play uh, for me to defend an argument. Um, Antonio Conte versus uh, Solskjaer, Italian versus uh, Englishman. So beat Conte won. (laughs) Um, 
He, he's Norwegian, I, to be fair. <laughs> right, he is Norwegian, but he's yeah, been he's from nineteen. Ninety-nine. He's yeah. an Englishman in my in my heart and my vision. Almost sounds Mancunian by now. Yeah, um, and I agree with your points, guys. Montin scored that. Um, it Ronaldo is and Sancho are going to bring that disbalance. So it's definitely one of the weaknesses that Manchester United is going to face is the midfield position. And before they had two destroyers, now they need to have that double pivot as being uh, one of the players can be a destroyer and another a creator. And that is something that can work if you have uh, as a creator Paul Pogba, because he is a pretty universal player. That's how he played in uh, Juventus in 2015. He demonstrated his great capabilities. He can switch between defense and attack. He's a really bright player. He can uh, make those long passes, as we know. And uh, he can really be that creator from the uh, playmaker position all the way back close to the defense line. Um, I don't see so much Van de Beek in that position because he's more a person who is creative in passing between orchestrating the team. And um, he, he might not be that well suited for this position in pretty much destroying, destroying the attacks in, of the intense teams in the Premier League. In terms of the second position, there should be a really, really strong destroyer who can take the whole central midfield role. And Matic was one of them. Now he's pretty old. He's not going, he's not that physically capable of doing that. He might be good enough for 60 minutes, not for the whole game. So um, another option there are Fred and McTominay. And Fred is all right. He, he he just is lacking a bit of this classic destroyer positions, even though he's a great passer and facilitator of the ball towards the attacking positions. Um, McTominay, he might be that person, even though his technical abilities aren't that great. But um, what what is interesting when I was researching about uh, Manchester United and Scott McTominay is that his progressive passing is a bit unwarranted. Movement ahead of him gives him a decent number of options to play progressive passes. And that's really interesting that the data suggests that he attempts to do uh, the progressive passes at a really reasonable frequency. If you look at uh, from the stat bombs, we can see that uh, McTominay is placed in the leader's quadrant in terms of the passing aggression and progressive options per pass. And he's in that nice company of uh, Alcantara, Winks, Hoiberg, uh, Granit Dhaka, and Henderson. There's also Matic and Fred there, but it's just to say that McTominay isn't lacking that much of this ball progressing quality. Does, doesn't that just kind of count for a lot of the teams playing Man United maybe kind of sitting with a very low block so they're they've got more space to to play in, especially when you've got the likes of Matic, Fred, in that kind of progressive pass aggression area. That might be as well, uh, but that particular analysis was um, taking into, into consideration only those passes that were um, progressive passes of at least 30 meters. There was some criteria to qualify for those passes, so that they would create 
some kind of nice option towards. I'm not sure really how representative these statistics, but just the fact that McTominay is somewhere there amongst so many midfielders gives some hope he can play that role. Yeah, I can see can see Declan Rice kind of wedged in between there, and uh, he would have <laughs> he would have been a fantastic option for United that's, this year. Like that's what they should have got. Yeah, yeah. instead of instead of Ronaldo, that's the, that's the position that they could have really done with strengthening. Like Fred's fine, Matic is is great, but he's he's definitely getting older. McTominay possibly if you, they say they got Rice, that position is is well and truly covered, and yeah. and then they've got just a really young dynamic squad there. I, I guess one thing as well, it's it's so funny you raised um, Van der Beek, Alan, because I'd completely forgotten about him. He barely barely played last season. I think he came on a lot. Where, we were talking about the, the players that might get offloaded. Where do, where does that leave him? Is there, is there, I don't know, this is probably a question for everyone. It's not something I've been keeping on top of. I know James and, and Lingard's maybe still an option to leave again. Is Van der Beek just going to stick around? Is is there talk about is in the last few hours? Are we going to see a bunch of players leaving now that that squad's quite full? I think James is is going to be leaving for Leeds for, for thirty Leeds, mil. Yeah. Um, Van der Beek has apparently bulked up in the gym over the over the summer period after not being um, <laughs> being injured for, for for the Netherlands over the summer. So apparently so he looks gonna, ready to go. Fight? Is he going to fight Ronaldo for that position rather than rather than try and out-football him? Honestly, where does he play? Like, he, they have players... He's supposed he's to be like Fernandez. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be a bit of a Fernandez creation role. Yeah, so uh, he... 10, him, 10 or 8. So for him to play, he has to get in front of Bruno Fernandez, probably the most consistent player in Premier League, Paul Pogba, Ronaldo... Cavani, Sancho, Rashford. <laughs> Must I go on? Like maybe, maybe even Lingard. Uh, Lingard's probably got better form leading up to this season <laughs> than Van der Beek, who's got to get ahead of Lingard as well. I, I Lingard actually played the other day, so he's clearly. If you're going to bring on players, that's who Oli's got in mind. So he's got, he's got four minutes. Well, it's more than it's more than Van der Beek's got. <laughs> this is where you know you can have money, but. If you don't have the right plan or strategy, you're not really deploying resources in an optimal manner in order to increase your chances of winning. That should be every fan's critique, right? It's it's all well and good to have money, but and be Man United, so you can you're basically a cash printing machine, right? The most revenue generating club in world football. It's not even close. But if you're not using it properly, it's a point like it. If United signed Rice instead of Ronaldo, I would be a lot more worried about their title credentials as um, a competitive club supporter in Chelsea. But at the same time, Ronaldo can give that quality that they might need in the Champions League. He's still the man who can solve those complicated situations. He can be a really strong um, pivot in the crisis teams. If he's United a natural leader. I will transfer all three of you hundred dollars each. <laughs> yeah, maybe, and, and maybe this not now. To, this this comes back to I think with with we're talking about Oli. Like Oli, it, it the Champions League is very much about tactics for a certain day and really trying to masterclass. It's not about grinding out results week in week out. It's about picking apart a particular team over two games in order to progress. And Oli just doesn't have the the tactical nous to be able to pull off those types of wins against super, super high quality teams and not the type of 
teams he's used to pay, facing the Premier League. So they, that I don't think well, Ronaldo is going to change that. <laughs> Di Matteo won Champions League for Chelsea. He wasn't necessarily a bright player, a bright coach. I, I mean, this there are precedents. I'll, I, I will be the first to admit, as a Chelsea fan, that 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 Champions League win, there was a lot of luck in that. A lot of luck in that, in terms of the overall underlying performance. Obviously, as a fan, you're emotional and you have uh, you enjoy the moment, right? I wasn't thinking about XG in 2012, but um, even watching the game. Uh, with, with Bayern Munich, etc. I knew there was luck in that. And Chelsea were unlucky in previous Champions League. So kind of football kind of works that way and variance kind of works that way. Um, so maybe I should take the $100 off the table in terms of United maybe winning it, but I would be surprised. And if you look at the bookmaker odds around Champions League, uh, before it even starts, United is um, seventh favorite um sorry I, i should say i'm not looking at bookmakers i'm looking at 538 that's a statistical model predictor um uh based on um the how a club plays their strength of squad etc and united is rate rated um ninth or seventh um seventh actually seventh favorite to win the champions league behind city chelsea munich Uh, Liverpool, Barcelona, Madrid. So of the big clubs, apart from Juventus, it's it's the last. So Barca are rated Barca. above United. Correct. Yeah. I don't know about that. And, <laughs> and that, that may be down to um, uh, their group um, uh, allocation. Uh, I'm not sure, but but yeah, even Barcelona have have Coleman. I think Coleman's a better coach than Solskjaer even if Barcelona doesn't have the talent advantage over United. But then, as, as you said, um, in Champions League, it all comes down to luck, to all those elements, you know, all of these moments, uh, pieces of the game. And also, it's all about nerves. It's all about risks. You know, a lot of things put on, on stake. And another moment, crucial moment for Champions League is the chemistry, team chemistry and psychology. And there, Ronaldo is actually a leader. He can lead Manchester United towards that goal. I still believe that those big personalities can decide for such important games. As we all remember, uh, Ronaldo can make a difference as he did against Spain. He scored a hat-trick uh, in Portugal. He scored three goals against Atletico Madrid in the Champions League for Juventus, even though the first games they were losing. To, to uh, zero to he still can do that and um as you um mentioned as you asked before where um is it possible to expect him to play um yes naturally he is going to compete with rashford and greenwood on the and sancho probably not sancho on the wings um but he might also compete uh with martial or cavani as a central forward and i still believe that with his um aerial quality and headers and still really nice feet and initial starting speed he still can play those those roles he can score those important goals and that might be something that was much needed for Manchester United yes Sam 
So you mentioned pressure and having that kind of strategic view is very important within areas such as the Champions League. One one issue I do have is within their goalkeeping department. So De Gay had a bit of a bit of a crap season for 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 his standards and and for most kind of goalkeepers, top tier goalkeepers. He recently got pushed out of the uh, Spain first choice team. So you and I, uh, Simon, it was now kind of the, the first choice. And that coupled with his performance in the Europa League final where I don't think he's saved a penalty since 2015. Um, how can you have a keeper such as the guy in the, in the team when you're literally not that good? I agree, and his psychology might play not in favor of Manchester United. That's, that's also all valid points. And um, apart from goalkeeper, they also have a weakness in the right right fullback side. They have Van Bissaka and also uh, Diego Dallo um, coming back from AC Milan's um, loan. And both of them uh, might not be that great for the Premier League. And Dallo even though he's been good with um, AC Milan and he improved his tactic component of the game, um, he might not be that quick and that impulsive um, in the attacking in the attacking play. Um, even though he could be one player who can who can progress um, during the season, but yeah, and Van Bissaka is Van Bissaka. He's a consistent player, but he he's not that great. So those two positions. Um, the hair and Van Bissaka plus um, Fred McTominay. That's that's a. Well, whilst I agree, Van Bissaka is a decent right back. He's one of the best defensively, but in terms of forward attacking, uh, attacking ability is just not there. Yeah, he's he's a shut down right back. As in, he he completely shut that flank down. So defensively, it's impressive. But if you have Ronaldo's aerial ability and Cavani's, I guess, then you really want your fullbacks to be really good at crossing from deep. Yeah, you got Shaw on the other wing. Shaw's fantastic. So yes, um, yeah. Um, Well, well, I'll be. Yeah, I'll be watching with great interest to see if they develop any good patterns of play or not, given their talent advantage now. Um, where do you think they will finish, Alan? Well, um, I expect them to uh, compete for, for the Premier uh, League title, and I expect them to qualify uh, in Champions League and to go for it as minimum as uh, quarterfinal. That the team's quality and Solskjaer's genius allow that to happen at least quarterfinal but yeah that's it if you enjoyed this podcast please feel free to like comment and subscribe because there'll be many more where this came from to the guys